we were talking about Sufjan Stevens earlier. Yeah. And for for myself, I'm kind of wanting to do that like composer, but also songwriter thing, mm-hmm. which is like it's not quite a composer, but it's also not fully just like, hey, here's just rock music or like pop music or whatever. Yeah. I think that I want to be sort of on that line. Um, and so first it's just kind of like starting, but like, I think the, the genre thing is another thing that's like, as I've ingested more and more music and tried to just make more stuff, I'm just kind of going like, I don't really care about what (laughs) the thing is, uh, but just kind of doing it. Which is kind of why I asked you about like genre or what sort of stuff. Like what's something that you've been wanting to make, but it's just like out of left field that you feel like might not be. <laughs> that I've been wanting to make. I think like, uh, honestly, I could start a fucking punk band if I wanted to, but pr- probably more realistically, uh, I'd love to do some more. Uh, how would I describe this? honestly kind of like I mentioned before LCD sound system uh, things like that things like uh, not not exactly poppy sure but more electronic stuff happening like yeah yeah I guess like uh, Kavinsky and (laughs) if you know I don't know if you know Uh, him I don't think so Uh, he had that song in Drive uh, okay uh, Night Call Hmm. There's something about you. Oh, dude, it's it's one of the sickest vocoders (laughs) I've ever heard. But things like that, like I'll listen to some music and you can do a lot with real instruments, but there's such a like a nuanced uh, custom ability, I guess, to some of these electronic things. You can get so in the ears of the headphones. And I, I always liked that, like. Perfect example would be uh, Julian Casablancas with Daft Punk uh, doing. Um, oh God, what is that song called? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> you will never be alone again because it doesn't never never every day. Anyway, it's just like mixing stuff up. It's not poppy to the point where it doesn't have substance, but it's mm-hmm. uh, yeah, just groovier stuff. Uh, high, well, like high production, yeah, things like that. I feel like that's that's a bigger thing too is that um, cuz it sort of feels like music as like an art form sort of has like tried to expand as far as its reaches as has gotten and so I, I feel like with with real instruments like we've pretty much like without just inventing more instruments I feel yeah. like we've gotten all the sounds that we can out of guitars and drums and stuff like that but then like once you add production and like sound manipulation and electronics and everything then it's just like you can take just the traditional instruments and then just fuck them up yeah (laughs) so i yeah i'd I'd love to get into that it's not exactly honestly i've been thinking about uh it's not like super on my mind but it might be a 2020 thing that i start fucking with uh, when you know my studio's back up right uh it's a solo album Mm -hmm. uh and it's like, yeah, it's not like there's any less interest in my band. It's more just like stuff that doesn't make sense for us. Yeah. Like more, I, w- I would like to do like a Mark Ronson type thing, actually. Mm. Like uh, just, I want to do a solo album with a bunch of fucking people. Sure. Like other singers, other, yeah. uh, like every song is kind of a different list of people. I want to work more as a, like a songwriter still, but definitely like a heavier producer role. Yeah. Because uh, then, especially then, Genre is nothing. Like it doesn't exactly. matter. Exactly. And I'd love that. Uh, I always like producing people's stuff. It is really fun. And to do, to bring other people in and act as a producer on my own stuff would be really fun. Right. Yeah. Cause, and, and I feel like the, the, the world has sort of opened up more to like the producer as creator rather than just the facilitator of the thing. Yeah. Um, I mean, one of my favorite bands right now is uh, Sunlux. Um, I haven't heard them. And um, their lead singer, songwriter, composer, whatever, um, 
he he kind of just started out as like a composer, but all he was he was just like recording stuff and manipulating the sounds. And so it's like some of the stuff you can't even really like play live. You just kind of have to like use a track because you can't. Yeah, you just can't do that with real instruments. Um, but it's like to some extent the music is more production than it is actually playing. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, that's, I guess that's an art in its own, really. You're, uh, more of an artist as the engineer than you are as the, the player, like the musician. Yeah. Well, it's still cool. Mm. Uh, or even stuff like, you know, Aphex Twin, for example, is like, it's just bedroom producer putting stuff out. For that matter, take, uh, fucking, uh, oh God, how am I forgetting, uh, Australian uh, elephants. It uh, feels like a Tame Impala. Oh, okay. Tame Impala. Sure. Musically, there's some like cool stuff going on, mm-hmm. I guess. Uh, but the genius is in his production of it. Like, mm-hmm. that stuff is... I haven't listened to a whole lot of Tame Impala, but... If you sit down and you listen to what he's doing and you like really pick out little things, there is a lot mm-hmm. happening. And yeah, the musical parts in the room are pretty good, but there's some production going on there. That yeah. makes it insane. Mm-hmm. Like, it is fantastic. Going back, actually, to Sufjan yeah, a yeah. little bit. Uh, talking about that whole wanting to work into that composer-songwriter thing. Yeah. So the first thing that I had to come to, reality, like, come to terms with was the fact that he wasn't the arranger. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, he did a lot of work, on sure, it, obviously, sure. but he had somebody else working with him. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, so that was one thing I took into consideration was like, maybe if I wanted to break into that area of things, I don't have to do it alone. Sure. Um, now another thing that's interesting is I, do you know who my brightest diamond is? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. So Shara Warden, who also sang backups on his album, Illinois and all other stuff, but, mm-hmm. uh, take her for example, take, um, Andrew Bird. Yeah. Uh, he's coming here in October, yeah. by the way. <laughs> he's he's yeah. brilliant. He's coming to Jones. <laughs> but, uh, so, like, Shara Warden is a perfect example from My Brightest Diamond because mm-hmm. she writes all of her songs, like, a lot of them on ukulele. Mm-hmm. And so I think maybe a trick to being able to write these big, expansive compositions and songs, right. funny enough, is starting with bare bones. Yeah. Like, literally nothing. Because, like, you can take... Uh, some of the most like beautiful songs, and if you just break them down the chords, there's really not a lot going on. Right. Yeah. It's the ornamentation of it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I always thought that was interesting though, like with Cheryl Warden specifically, because I'll hear her do these live, like little radio live recordings of songs. Mm-hmm. It's just her and the ukulele. Yeah, yeah. And it's way different. Yeah, <laughs> but, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yeah, and that's the thing too. But it's also a reason why I got my master's in composition is so I could do all that stuff myself. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, which, yeah, (laughs) right. But like, that's it. The harder thing too, is that like, it's always time versus money. (laughs) Um, and it's not just a matter of whether you have the skill to do it alone. mm. I think it has to do with the back and forth conversation of making music. That too. Like it's, it's hard to talk to yourself. Like some people are good at it. Uh, and sometimes though, like when you're thinking on that big of a scale, like yeah. it's, it's hard to ask yourself the right questions to get to where you want to go. Mm-hmm. I mean, sometimes it's just like you add another track and you go, all right, what's this thing? And you add another one. And like, I feel like at some point, normally I reach a point where I'm like, I don't know what else I can do to this to make it better. I feel like if I... So then you start taking away. Yeah, right. And then and then like start taking away. It's like, is this too much? Is this necessary? <laughs> that's a really cool way to do it too. That's that's why I love piano so much also because mm-hmm. it's the whole orchestra in front of you. But yeah, yeah. When you're recording, when you're just doing it like that, like say you're in a studio or on your computer, and you're adding mm-hmm. track to track to track. Uh, that is a way to get somewhere because you'll find yourself with like 15 to 20 tracks. And yeah. It's all stacked, and you're like, okay, this is everything I thought of. Yeah. Now how much of it can I take away before it loses? Before it becomes not the song. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like I, now that these are all the ideas I had, so now take everything away until I find whatever I did that's like the essence of what this is mm-hmm. and then build onto that. Yeah. And that'll that's a cool way to 
do that actually, which is a cool modern technology. Way right, of writing. Yeah. You can't just like get an orchestra and be like, uh, Hey violins, shut the hell up. Uh, <laughs> it blows my mind still thinking about how some people composed back in the day. Like it's fucking right. crazy uh, on paper. <laughs> yeah. Like how the f- like these guys just must've heard it. They just, they heard it all. Right. Well, I mean, it's, it's a little weird too. Cause I feel like there's this notion of like the composer genius sort of thing when it's really just like just trying shit. Yeah. Like, and of course, back in the day, when like you're talking specific classical music, it's there's almost templates. Right. And of course, yeah. the best ones are the ones that break out of it. Mm. But like, there's like a fugue is a fugue. Mm. You know, there's they have rules. There's characteristics of it. Like you can write one, and mm. uh, so I mean, following that, maybe it's not super crazy. But. Right. But it, it's still just like it, it's also like a musical exercise in the yeah. same way that it's like. Hey, here's a scale in thirds. I can play that on guitar. I can play that on piano, whatever. Um, what can you do with it? Right. But it's like whenever you do like a fugue or something, it's just a test of like your writing skill to be like, all right, I have these rules to follow. Let me just see what I can do. Yeah. And and Bach just like, he just cranked that out. He was just like, I have mastered the counterpoint Yeah, and I can just, you know, sneeze these now. Um, and, and then that's where sort of like the creativity comes out. Now that you can follow the rules as much as you can, it's like, all right, now that I don't have to think about parallel fifths and octaves or whatever, now I can try and make a nice melody. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and so, but, but again, at the same time, it's like, there's no like magic to it especially if you are dealing like counterpoint or whatever, there's so many other rules that like sometimes there's just no other option, but to pick this note. Yeah. And that's the note. It's not like, you know, Oh, like the heavens opened up and the melody came to me. Like, no, I mean, sometimes that happens. Sometimes I think this is why music has gotten so cool to me. I do not believe there is any set of notes that can't go together. Right. If you can make anything work. This is one thing like that I love talking about with some of my students on piano. Mm. Like the, the older ones are a little further along. Sure, sure. <laughs> uh, I will play them uh, an A major 13 mm. with all the notes right next to each other. <laughs> and, they'll, and it sounds terrible. Yeah. It sounds awful. And I was like, or, or like a, uh, a dominant seven with a flat nine, I'll play it all like right there. Right, right. It sounds bad because it just doesn't work. You have and a whole bunch of like minor seconds. And exactly. Like, it's, it's all yeah. clashing and then <laughs> you voice it correctly and it sounds really pretty and yeah. certainly it has like emotion. It's going somewhere mm. like, uh, it's just cool that like, it really doesn't matter what notes you're using. It matters where you put them and mm-hmm. that's where like instrumentation and arrangement comes in. But like, yeah. I don't know. That's the interesting thing to me. One of the songs that I'm most infatuated with of mine right now, which I don't usually get, Caught sure, up sure. in my own stuff, but this is one I, I always liked, and it's so far, I think, one of the more popular ones, uh, which makes sense because I, I fucking love this song, honestly. <laughs> but all right, these this is one of the songs that I don't remember writing because mm. uh, it just came out, and yeah. it's weird to me because it's not simple. Uh, mm. And I love it though because the melody uses every note in the chromatic scale. Yeah, you were and telling me about this. I told yeah, you about yeah. that, and to me, like the more I. Uh, I didn't think about it when I was writing it, but the more I go back and analyze it and uh, like look at what's happening, it's fucking weird. Technically, it yeah. breaks a couple different rules, right? But uh, that's where it goes outside of the thing of thinking about parallel fifths and contrary motion, and all right. these things. Is the melody is the melody, and uh, sometimes there you can find ways to do things that shouldn't work, mm-hmm. but does and that's the thing about music that makes uh, that's really cool to me i i still haven't uh i I can't exactly figure out what about that works so well for me Uh, right the thing the thing that was i think the most intriguing was my friend who is not a musician at all Mm. uh she has a lot of trouble like uh you know, just doing like really advanced musical stuff. Like if you're doing modal things, it might be hard yeah. to stick with that, right? <laughs> but like I've noticed that with that melody, people have no problem singing along to it. Yeah. 
which is really bizarre, <laughs> kind of, because it's moving around by like half steps constantly. Yeah. And I don't know. It's just cool. Yeah. I, I love little things like that that pop up. Uh, and yeah, that to me was, even though maybe nobody else thinks this, but I like it enough just to say that <laughs> that was one that just popped out of fucking nowhere Yeah, yeah. and came down. Right. And it, I mean, sometimes songs do just come to you just like fully formed and it's just like, all right, now I just have to do, do it. it. Yeah. <laughs> um, and there is sort of like a magic to it, but it's not like some genius thing. It's just like, no, this is like what it's supposed to be. Yeah. Like um, chiseling away at the marble that isn't the statue in a way. There was a definition <laughs> of genius that I always liked. It was from... Um, like the Renaissance, it's basically that, that, that kind of the uh, Italian Renaissance. Mm. And the way that they talked about the word genius, it didn't mean like somebody was a genius. Sure. Like genius was more like uh, a thing that found you and it can mm. leave you just as easily. So like somebody does something, like they had the genius or something. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I, th I think that could be a thing. Like say like if... You study enough, maybe sometimes it's a luck thing, but I believe if you study enough and you focus enough and you do that, then you might make yourself more uh, perceptive or open yeah, yeah. to that coming to you. But I don't, I always liked that idea, not thinking, mm. and it also helps with the whole ego bit that we were kind of talking about yeah, before. Yeah. Like you're <laughs> not a genius, you were just lucky enough for this thing to find you and you get to be the, the lucky fuck that gets to like put sure, it out there. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, sometimes things feel like that. I don't think I did anything mm. but it was cool yeah and i got to do it so <laughs> right i always like that definition though um and there's also times where like you know you work really hard to just like really put something together yeah um and of course it's always like mm. oh i like that one song of yours it's like the one that took me like three seconds and i was just joking yeah <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> yeah. As opposed to like, but there's this like thing that I worked really hard on and I'm really proud of. And I'm like, yeah, it's cool. Prime example would be that doesn't happen versus insomnia. Insomnia mm. is my crazy three months of like <laughs> messing sure. with shit. And that doesn't happen is dun, 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 Oh, yeah, dun, yeah, yeah. Dun, dun. <laughs> <laughs> That's the whole song. Yeah. But yeah, like it kind of begs the question, like what is good Music? Yeah, yeah. Like, what does that mean? Like, mm -hmm. Ah, crap. That's a question I was going to ask on the last one. Uh, <laughs> is there such a thing as bad music? <laughs> um, I'd say that falls almost in the category with selling out. Like, if sure. you don't feel, like, any mm -hmm. way about it, then it might not be that good. It's, it's uh, I think good music comes from a genuine place. That's all. Mm. Yeah. Which, sometimes it's simple, sometimes it's not. But as long as you, you mean it. Right. And and that's kind of the thing, too, that, like, you know, there's there's good music because, like, there are factors in it that, I guess, you subjectively decide that make it good. But then there's also just, like, good music as in most people like it. And so that's a weird thing because it's, like, you know... A, a Taylor Swift single is like widely liked. I mean, view it as conversation. Like, <laughs> I guess like anybody, like some people are really good at small talk. Mm. Some people might even fucking enjoy small talk. Right. Like, they like those little interactions mm. but that don't really mean anything. There's no substance to them. There's the things that you say in passing and everybody can do that. Uh, and that's like Taylor Swift. It's the mainstream yeah. stuff. You're, the conversation doesn't really have anything going on. Mm. It's just kind of there to pass the time. I fucking suck at small talk. That's why I have a I'm podcast. Horrible at small <laughs> talk. I don't, and it doesn't mean anything to me. Now, on the other hand, though, so let's say that we have a conversation like deep philosophical shit. Yeah. Like we're throwing out all kinds of like names or we're talking about poetry, like we bring up Keats and all this shit. Yeah, and yeah. like it's really deep and it both <laughs> really means something to us. That's a good conversation, mm. equivalent to good music. Yeah. Now, let's say you have like two country boys. They don't know how to speak that well. They're not very intelligent, but mm. they have a conversation about something real small, real insignificant to everybody yeah, else. Yeah. But they still feel it like it's a good right. conversation. It doesn't. And the other thing, too, is that, like, maybe they'll, you know, have a conversation and be like, yeah, sometimes what's best for you is to, like, leave it alone. 
And like, that's kind of like a big philosophical idea, but like anyone can reach that conclusion. And it's like, whoa, hey, that's like a good conversation. You didn't need the, the whole, you didn't need to read like a philosophy yeah. book to and, and reach so that I'm, point. That's kind of the point is, I mean, viewing, <laughs> viewing like music as a conversation the same way, it doesn't matter if you're, it doesn't matter if the language of it is, you know, uh, advanced. It mm-hmm. just matters that it resonates. Right. Uh, and I find that the more genuine it is, the more it will resonate. Yeah. Uh, so then that still brings up the question, like, is small talk good conversation? Right. I mean, maybe you think it is, right? Mm-hmm. If you do, honestly, I'm kind of happy for you because life <laughs> is a lot easier for you to enjoy shit. Yeah. Uh, I was a cashier for a little while and it's all small talk. And I hated it because it like, uh, I guess the weather is a thing. Cool. But it's like, I don't know. I would always want to like go just like a layer deeper, but then it's like, we don't have time to do this. I've already bagged your stuff. Here you go. But it's like, oh, hey, like you have this thing. What are you making? You're making a pie. What kind of pie? Do you often make pie? Pie by hand is like really hard to make. It's like. That's, you know, going slightly yeah. deeper than just small talk. It's like, oh, well, never mind. Bye. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 I always <laughs> relate music to, to conversation. That just mm. always made so much sense to me. But yeah, small talk, that version of it. That's, that's kind of how it feels with music. Like you listen to something, you're like, I didn't quite get what I needed out of that. Mm. That didn't really do it for me. Like I could have used some more. But there is music that like, for whatever reason, like sticks through the times. Maybe it's because of popularity. Maybe it's because of the music itself. But it's like, for whatever reason, like, Billie Jean is still a banger. Like, go back even further. Come Together is still a fucking banger. Yeah. I mean, that's the <laughs> Beatles. But one that sticks out to me that I've always thought it was so simple, but it's so perfect. Actually, this is such a cool thing. Uh, <laughs> man, so you know Sketches of Spain? Uh, yes? Uh, Question mark? Uh, uh, fucking... Uh, Miles Davis. Yes. Uh, sketch this. Yes, thing. yes, yes. Yeah. So, you know White Rabbit by Jefferson Airplane? Yes. Yeah. There you go, chasing rabbits. And mm. So, she apparently, while on LSD, mm. listened nonstop to Sketches of Spain. Mm. And I find this really interesting because that song is really simple. There's yeah. not, there's drums, a little guitar, and, like and a vocal. Bolero beat. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But uh, after I found out that that was how she got the idea for that, I listened to Sketches of Spain, and I'm mm-hmm. like, I listened to that song again, and it's really there's not a lot going on. But once you know, like, I think that's why it's stuck around and why it's still a good song, uh, and it's still a thing that people listen to. I think right, right, because it. Uh, I don't know how to explain it. It's like outlining the negative space of the influence that birthed it, I guess. Mm. And like listening to it is such a cool thing because there are these little inflections uh, going on that just, I don't know. It's a really cool song. That's Mm. one of those uh, weird earworms that's not. Yeah. Well, because it's like, it's just, it's kind of straight through, but it like has repeating sections at the beginning and then just like a big ending. yeah, yeah just but it, and then it epic. just ends. You're like, finally, the thing that I've been waiting for the entire time. It, if you and turn it over. up loud enough, it'll rip your soul out. Right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Man, that that we could if we get into like, I'm thinking about all kinds of shit now. Just the fact <laughs> what you just said, like getting there and mm-hmm. taking it away. Mm-hmm. I have fallen in love with that concept. Mm-hmm. I don't know how to. Uh, what, what do you even call that, really? It's almost a termable thing. Right. Well, I mean, I kind of noticed that uh, a little earlier on as I was starting to write songs, I wouldn't write, like, the traditional song structure. I would, like, instead of verse, chorus, verse, chorus, bridge, chorus, I would go verse, chorus, verse, chorus, bridge, and not bring back the chorus. I would just, like, end the song. So it was just like a coda. And I was like, hey, everything built up to this, and then we're done. And it's like, I don't know why I was doing it so much, but it's like, I didn't didn't feel the need to go back. 
See, I, I had a similar <laughs> weird thing with structure. I never went verse, chorus, verse, chorus. I would go mm. like verse, verse, interlude, verse, interlude, and then one chorus. Mm. I'd only do the chorus once. Yeah, yeah. And it was big chorus. Right, yeah. yeah. <laughs> one of those, you know, exit music for a film. Yeah. Right, so that is my number one example for getting there yeah, and then ripping it away from you. Yeah. Like it does such a good job and I've, Oh God, I, it's not in anything to analyze mm-hmm. really either. It just happens and it's great. But the other thing about exit music is that it, it builds up and it gets there, but it also just has like the tiny death at the end. Yeah. Like, as opposed to like with White Rabbit, it's like feed your head, song's over. Yeah. It's like, you know, we hope that you choke, we hope that you choke, and then we hope that you choke. Like just a little yeah. tiny. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like it gets you there, and then it's like, are you good? Let's just bring it all the way back down. <laughs> yeah, and, and that that's a, a thing that kind of. It makes you just want to listen to it again. Because <laughs> it does. it's not ending it, but it's like, yeah. And then it's, you're like listening still. And you're like, wait, oh, fuck, wait. Wait, <laughs> it's bring it still, back. I need more. Yeah. <laughs> it's more. It's more tension than just ending the song. Mm-hmm. You don't, especially when you hear it for the first time. But yeah. Yeah. I love that song. Um, and I'd been listening to um, a podcast uh, Bobby Osinski's inner circle, and he sort of talks about like, the music, the music industry, or whatever. Um, he actually wrote one of the books that we use for music production at ACM. So like he's he's like a industry veteran for like music production and stuff. Um, but he talked about how um, songs and song structure have been changing uh, due to the streaming format. Um, yeah, because people are just kind of wanting just like a sound bite essentially. And so songs are getting shorter. And so if you, if you have like an intro without like bringing the words in or whatever, then it's like, eh, I'm done and skip. I hate, I hate <laughs> it. I hate that. There's is so many reasons I hate mm. that. One, because I love writing long fucking songs, but like, right. There's. God, I hate that so much. <laughs> Streaming has destroyed albums. Yeah. Like, there was... Uh, Illinois by Sifion Steven is a perfect example, is, actually. Is that important? Real no. Quick. It's okay. <laughs> um, so we know Chicago. Mm. You know... Um, uh, what is it? The uh, UFO, at, like yeah. the first opening track, and uh, some of the bigger songs off Yeah, it. yeah. But let's take, like... Uh, so much 5.8. <laughs> like some Who of the loves five eight. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> five eight is great. Or the man from Metropolis. Let's take mm. uh, like let's hear the strings again. Or the uh, just some of the other songs in between the ones that work well as singles. Mm-hmm. Those songs when you play them by themselves, they're okay and they seem a little long winded. They mm-hmm. don't make that much sense. But that's because they're movements yeah. of a full piece. That yeah, exactly. album when you listen to it from the beginning to the end, it is. Fan fucking task. Yeah, it's a whole experience. It's cohesive. Yeah, and like that's the thing is like now we just listen to singles, but like I don't want to. The epic by Kamasi Washington. I don't know, but <sighs> Kamasi Washington was the uh, he's a jazz dude, but he also was the sax player on the Pimp a Butterfly. Okay. Uh, uh, he did a Kipling theme from Get Down Brothers. Mm. Uh, but Kamasi Washington released this album. It's a three-hour album Ooh. called The Epic, and. I remember I listened to the first song. It was Change of the Guard, I think. And I heard like 45 seconds of it and I stopped it. And I literally waited about two weeks. Uh, and then I sat down and listened to the entire thing from the yeah. beginning to the end. It was fantastic. And I think that's something that is heavily lost on like modern music is we don't listen to albums at a time because we mm. don't take the time to do it. But like, right. some things need to be, I don't know, it's cool to craft album yeah. like it's a novel instead of a fucking short story i seem to only think in albums actually because it's like 
I have I have like four things in the pipeline. And so it's like this is the structure of the things that are coming and this is a, a cohesive idea. And I can't really like take things out of it or like put things in that shouldn't fit. Um but if I did it all as like singles, but then I was like, no, these are all linked together. It's all one thing. That's and, yeah. <laughs> this this year's been interesting because of like talking about that kind of thing. Right, because you guys are just doing singles. Yeah, singles every month. And everybody's asking for us to put them into an album at the end of the year. And I'm going to like mm. not like a big release or anything, but on like streaming, I'm gonna release right. it as an album. Mm. And it's interesting looking at that. Uh trying to take 12 songs that weren't released with any, like, uh, what's the word? Uh, Awareness of the other. Right. And trying to put them in an order that makes sense for a cohesive Mm. album. Uh, That'll be interesting. Right. Well, the weird thing, too, is that, like, you could also just list them chronologically. That seems... See, that's the, that's the thing I don't want to do. Because <laughs> I'm going to put them out in an album. I want to make it make as much sense as I can. Chronological yeah. is the easy thing, and that's what people would expect. But, like, I feel like there's a cool... There might be a cooler way to do it. Uh, yeah. I just don't know yet. But, yeah, the flow of an album is interesting. That's always something that... Like, there's multiple theories about how to do it. Like, do you there's start... A skill Do you to, start with your banger? Yeah. Like, do you put all the good stuff at the front? Because mm-hmm. then you have... Because uh, then people just stop listening halfway through. Because well, yeah. then, then if you like, you know, oh, yeah, that song was a banger. And then it's like, here's a ballad. And if you're like, eh, I'm so done. I think the cool way to do it is you... <laughs> That's kind of what we did with our album, actually. So, like, the very first song, well, no, no, it's not. We, I, I, that's not for modern people because it was a slow intro. I'm terrible at this, but <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to go anywhere. But, <laughs> but I think it's a cool thing to do with an album is just start it off, like, uh, either do that or maybe do what we did and kind of have it slowly trickle up, but I don't think that's as popular. So first song's got a bang, right? And then probably a good... The first four songs should all be pretty good. Mm-hmm. I think in the middle is where you can kind of because if you, if they're listening, then you like that far in, then you probably got them in mm-hmm. the middle of the album. Maybe kind of tone it down a bit, do like the heartstring shit, like yeah, emotional, yeah. and then you got to end stronger than you started. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a cool way to do it. But uh, yeah, it's I don't think an album's too often. That's a tricky thing. There's so many different ways to go about it. Honestly, mm-hmm. I don't know what works the best. I mean, the conversation was that albums are dying anyway. So maybe yeah, exactly. Doesn't. But it sucks though because uh, so again with the the algorithm thing, it's like songs are getting shorter. They're taking off intros and they're just putting the chorus at the beginning. So it's literally just like, bang, here's a chorus. Now here's a verse. Bang, here's another chorus. Now here's a verse. Bang, here's another chorus. Like and a, it's over. Like Imagine Dragons type shit. Yeah. So it's like there's not even a bridge. People just want the chorus and then something to differentiate from the chorus so that we can be more excited that the next chorus comes in. <laughs> Man. I don't even know how to talk right. about it. It's just so sad. But, it, but it's like, like – and it's, and it's shorter songs too. So it's, it's like, like imagine, – Imagine if other things in life were like that. Like imagine if like you get it, like you you're going out you're on a like the third date you get the girl back home you take your clothes off and then it's over and you get to go home <laughs> that's it you don't even talk about it yeah. it's not worth talking about <laughs> that's it like yeah it was good I guess but now you're gonna have to go get another one right like, I'm just saying like it's such a I know music isn't that important to everybody to think of it as an experience like that sure. but it's so goddamn cheap like just to yeah. make it short like that that was. Sorry for the vulgarity. For some reason, that just makes me upset. I don't know. No, it's uh, (laughs) but but yeah, no, it's like exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I mean, maybe movies are kind of doing that too. Like, if you go with like you know the big Marvel films, it's like, bang, here's a big fight scene, and then there's like stuff building up in the middle. Bang, here's another big fight scene. And stuff building over the middle. Bang, here's another big fight scene and we're done. You know, <laughs> I, I got to say, I am a Marvel fan. I am. T- if we're thinking about the last movie, 
I won't give away any spoilers. Right. But like Endgame. Endgame did do that differently. It did a pretty good job. Yeah. Like yeah. I like the way it started. There was no mm. fight. Like that's why I think it did a good job because that was not with a whimper, uh, not with a bang, but with a whimper. Right. There was no goddamn fight. Everyone just died. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so like, uh, and yeah, like the first like 30 minutes of the oh, movie is just like the reaction. We got to deal with this. <laughs> yeah, that was great. It has nothing to do with anything really, but I just liked that movie. Right, no, but but at the same time, like they did that on purpose yeah. because it's like, yeah, we're so that used is the to, norm. yeah, we're so used to like, here's a big fight scene. And then, and then they were like, well, we're already turning the thing on its head by making them lose. So, and you know, the thing about, <laughs> the thing about anything that happens in culture is there's always a counterculture. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, there's a reason that there's a rise in vinyl sales again. Mm-hmm. Like people, there will always be what's popular and then there will always be the counterculture yeah. to doing everything else. Like if, uh, I'm trying to think of like in the past, like what's happened, like take the nineties for yeah, example, yeah. everything went real electronic, everything got real produced mm-hmm. and then they were like, all right, fuck this. And it was just loud, noisy, yeah, analog shit. Like it's the same thing. And like, the response to that, we went from uh, back to fucking Backstreet Boys and NSYNC yeah, yeah. and Britney Spears, and it got really poppy. Result of that, we got the Strokes. Suddenly, shit was cool again, mm. and it keeps going back and forth. Yeah, yeah. This is a little different because this is a massive shift technologically, like mm-hmm. streaming and all this stuff. I mean, the music industry still doesn't know what the fuck just happened. We're like still on our back, but like, right? I, uh, I don't know. I'm curious to see where it goes. Right now, it feels more sandbox than ever. Because, like, while it isn't great and the mainstream, like, uh, way that people go about using the platform mm-hmm. is, like, this short, like, two-minute things and bursts and stuff like that. I, I think that people are uh, now able to do whatever they want. You can, if you get creative enough, you can actually use this to, like, fucking Chance the Rapper is a good mm-hmm. example. That's somebody who use this new model to do yeah. some pretty cool shit. Uh, it's not easy, but you can do it on your own if you want. And you don't have to right. follow those rules. Um, I still believe there's an audience. Right. Well, the other hard part too is that like, maybe I'm just getting more cynical, but like sometimes it feels like it's just marketing budget that's just like, like, hey, everyone, we're now listening to Billie Eilish. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And then that's what I was saying before. Like the most important thing for musicians to do is find their own music because everything else is going to get fed to you automatically. Right. Like it's, it's easy to listen to what everyone's listening to. And it's easy to make everyone listen to something. Like honestly, Billie Eilish seems to, everybody seems to come out of nowhere lately. Sure. Like who was it before Billie Eilish? There was fucking, I don't even know. I can't even keep track <laughs> of them. They just show up and then they leave. Right. But well, like, now it's like, Lil Nas X because he did Old Town Road and then that's like see that he released actual like his step by step marketing plan right before yeah. it came out and that was a perfect example of what you're talking about it really does come down to marketing if I had enough money I could be famous within the next three months mm. and I know I could I'm not saying it would last but I could be famous sure like right and and when you make that the goal like Sure, you can do it. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it's like, do you want to? Yeah, it's like, like are you going to get everyone's attention by saying some meaningful shit, or are you going to just fire a gun in public? Like, right. everyone's going to look at you. Right. But, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I want there to be room for that. Like, I don't know, like, Bruce Springsteen, as an example, like gigantic, obviously, but was definitely saying something. Yeah. Um, and I don't know if that's happening anymore. Like no if there's someone that's gigantic that's still actually saying something. <laughs> no one's really saying anything. Because, uh, I mean, Taylor Swift released a song that was like, Hey, I'm cool with the gay people. So should you. But everyone's like, 
Yeah. We know. Yeah. <laughs> so it was like, who was that even for? I think that has to do with the fact there aren't really movements anymore. Yeah, yeah. There are micro movements like social media. Uh, I almost, I would, I would swear it's almost a goddamn tactic from somebody to keep us like distracted. Cause no, like, yeah, it, definitely. It would be like before there'd be big movements and they all work towards. And now someone's just like, Hey, what is happening over here? And everyone's like, yeah. And someone else is like, wait, what about this? And everyone's like, yeah. And now we just keep doing that forever. <laughs> yeah. And so, yeah, we could sing about it, but by the time you put the fucking song out, no one's listening. Yeah. Anymore. It's already dead. Like, it's why, like, memes are just this weird ethereal. I'm kind of a meme lord. They um, just evolve yeah. nonstop. It yeah. is weird. It's um, very strange. But, like, it seems like music is memeing now. Like, again, Old Town Road that's was just, like... a meme. Yeah. And that's why it became so popular. Because it's a meme. People are like, hey, have you heard this there are hilarious country song? ironically like it. Though. Right, no, but... Oof. But that, that's sort of what happens with culture anyways. You like, make a joke of something and then it becomes ingrained in the right, culture. Right, exactly. It's like, ha ha ha, lit fam, darn these kids using these stupid terminologies. And they're like, then you walk into a party yeah. and then you're now like, damn, I, this place is lit. Yeah. It's like, wait, I say did I just lit, say that? I say dope. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> like, fucking, I still... How do I think it started as a joke, but every once I'll be able, every once in a while I'll just be like, "Hell yeah, brother!" <laughs> like that's not how I talk, right? Yeah, but yeah, I don't know. Groovy was the first one. Yeah, I'm okay with groovy. <laughs> I mean, I think I said word for a while. Word, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, tight, lit. I mean, dope. Yeet, yeet has made its way into my vernacular. I already, don't. So. I, I still can't. Yeet is still too much of a joke for me. I can't. Say, Yeet's great. I can't take Yeet seriously. <laughs> like, I can yeet something. Yeah, that's hilarious. I don't know. <laughs> I, I but don't. but yeah, like music, and maybe it's because we are musicians, and so we treat it in this way. Like music is our whole lives, and so we can't just like meme music. Um. Yeah, there's there's staying power in the words, in the notes, in the everything that, you know, we we hold really close to us. And so I I can't just like, hey, cool, this is my favorite song right now and I'm done. And it has no relevance to my life whatsoever now. Yeah. And that's just. Yeah. (laughs) And that that is like some things feel. Uh. I try not to be offended by it, I guess. <laughs> but sometimes I'll put a song out and then it gets memed. Like, sure. honestly, like in, in a way, like it'll be, I don't know how to describe it. Uh, it's hard to put out songs that are significant to you when the significance of songs in general has been lost on mm. the majority of people listening. Right. So it's... Yeah, I don't know. It's a whole thing. The music industry is just so goddamn weird. But at the same time, you've got these pockets of there. There's there is no doubt tons of great music being made right mm-hmm. now. Yeah, that's not the argument. Like the music is still there's still good music. Yeah, it's just not what everybody's listening to, mm. and it takes a little bit more work to find it. Mm. And so, why do the work when you could just be fed the music? Right, so. and which is like, so I mean. Was Michael Jackson legendary himself? Did the music create that sort of power? I'm going to go ahead and say Quincy Jones is responsible for Right, sure. But But. it's like, you know, it's this giant, has a big cultural influence, influence or whatever. But it's like, is the music so good that it should actually be listened to by this many people? It was more of an icon type thing. Right. Which is really what music's turned into. Um, it's like the the cologne might not smell good, but it's got Kim Kardashian's name on it, <laughs> and that's what musicians are like. Billie Eilish is she's not her music; she's Billie Eilish, right? Uh, maybe her, some her people, music's pretty good, actually. So, and that, that's the thing that maybe I was about to say that might be a bad example, but you know what I'm referring to. Sure, There's sure. Those people who have. 
they're more of a face than the, the music itself. It's right. like they're modeling for their mm-hmm. music. It's it's weird. The image of everything has just gotten to be a little too overwhelming. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I think that Bruno Mars musically sort of tapped into something with uh, 24K Magic in yeah. that, like, here's good music like musically yeah no that was that was some like late 70s era like stuff going on there There there's some like really cool synth lines there's some really cool like i analyzed that actually because i had to do i I had to make a instrumental version of 24k magic for somebody Mm -hmm. because they didn't want to buy the instrumental so i did (laughs) it's kind of weird but uh, whatever uh and so i had to like go apart by part and tear apart the synth lines Mm -hmm. there's some stuff going on in that song, like yeah, in, yeah. in some of those songs, like there's, it's not just like vapid pop music. Like there's sure, stuff sure. happening. And that's why Dirty Loops was actually the ones, mm. if you know Dirty Loops, mm. uh, they're the ones who made me change my mind a little bit about pop music in general. It's not that I don't like pop music. Mm. That's kind of where I started realizing that like, it's more about the genuine nature of something. Like yeah. if you can make it something you actually care about, it doesn't matter what style of music it is. It can be good. Yeah. Uh, that's what bothers me so much lately is it's, I don't know, music uh, in the mainstream seems to be careless a lot of the time. Mm. Like it's more of just a mindless result of mm-hmm. something. I don't know. Well, I think it kind of goes back to what we were talking about with like intent. Mm-hmm. Um, that if you're intending to, hey, I'm writing the song because I want – it to be a banger and I want people to listen to it versus, Hey, I'm writing this song because I have emotions that I need to get out. And I feel like I'm trying to say something here. Um, and sometimes those do resonate where you're trying to say something. People mm-hmm. are like, wow, that they really did say something. And I connect to that. Um, but like if an artist is just trying to be like, I'm making bangers and that's it. It is a bit harder to appreciate, <laughs> um, but which it does actually yeah. kind of funny, yeah. Because you think about, I, I hadn't actually thought about it like this before, but you think about funk music. Mm-hmm. Some of those songs don't have a lot of content lyrically. They're no. not about much, but no. they groove hard. Mm-hmm. That's what it is. They're making bangers. That's yeah, the point. Yeah. It's just the music. But but at the same time, though, the musicians that were doing funk were so proficient yeah. that they were just doing insane stuff musically. So, like, sure, here's bangers, but, like, here's, you know, 16th note bass lines that are slapped Yeah, that is just, like... Clearly, the musicians were having fun. Yeah. And so musically, it's very dense. But so, yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. Either way, I guess that's what it comes down to is the reason they're making it. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I can't <laughs> say I don't know a lot about Billie Eilish. Uh, sure, sure. I've heard that she's, you know, pretty good, but I haven't listened much. Yet. Her music's all I've like, only heard I'm the bad guy. Yeah, yeah. But I mean... It's really well produced, and she is a product for mass consumption of people who uh, are self-diagnosed of anxiety. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, that is really harsh. But uh, <laughs> um, at the same time, she is saying something which I appreciate, um, but it's not, it's not something that hasn't been said. The thing that's scary to think about (laughs) is Bruce Springsteen was saying what everyone was thinking, right? Mm -hmm. What if she is too? (laughs) What if that's what the generations, that's what's going through everyone's head. That's on the forefront. And it's not that much. (laughs) Well, what she's saying is just like, I'm kind of messed up. I've gone through some that's shit. That's exactly what everyone is saying. Yeah. Like, it's, that's what it's fallen down to. Is everyone mm. just like, yeah, kind of messed up. <laughs> mm. 
which uh, I kind of had this thought uh, a few months ago where I was just like, man, I'm just kind of bummed out about everything. Am I depressed? Mm-hmm. But then I was like, no, I feel like the world is depressed. Yeah. That like we've created this environment of everything sucks. And so it's like it kind of just bled into my mind. And I'm like, am I supposed to be sad right now? Things are sad. Things are trying to. Right. Look, man, like, yeah, the <laughs> global or climate change is a thing. Shit's fucking up. Our government's not exactly super awesome right now. Yeah. There's a lot of, like, really terroristy things happening basically every day. I'm pretty sure there's still genocides going on. But yeah. fuck if we know because we're busy being fed reality TV shows and all the mainstream stuff. Yeah. And then the fact that we remember that for a second reminds us, oh, wait, I should feel bad. But I don't feel bad about the right things because I'm terrible. Yeah. And that's... Living right. in America. <laughs> right. But even so, it's like myself, my own life. I'm actually really happy. Like, I'm probably happier than I've ever been. Uh, yeah, you're a little radiant seed in a dark, abysmal world. Sure. <laughs> but it's like, and I mean, shit's kind of been sucking lately for reasons I won't get into. But like, even still, like, I'm really happy. And so, like, the rest of the world is sort of, and like, telling me that I'm sad and so that's <laughs> why, like I, like I said earlier, it is a choice, sometimes yeah. harder, a harder choice, but <laughs> it is a choice to, <laughs> to be happy. Because, uh, yeah, it's easy to be happy when things are making you happy. But when the world sucks, you have to decide to still be happy. Yeah. Because, yeah, uh, there's always... <laughs> There's always things in personal life that can be good, even when the majority of the world is mm. bad. But I don't know. Things are complicated. Yeah. It's a weird time. And I mean... And we have access to every bit of information right. that there is in the world, too. So, And I'm sure there's a lot of art and music that is out that we can find yeah. that says exactly what we're talking about. Uh, just doesn't have the marketing budget to be able to reach all of the people and <laughs> the other question is even if it did would we rather be marketed to that the world is kind of not a great place or do we want to hear happy by pharrell <laughs> um it kind of reminds me it of had actually been a while before i awesome. yeah it had been a while before i had heard happy by pharrell uh but then i like heard it again recently and it made me unhappy <laughs> yeah <laughs> Um, it's yeah. the beginning of Lego movie. <laughs> I actually haven't seen the Lego movie, but whenever it was about to come out, I was like, that's going to be really cool. And was, people are like, that looks dumb. It's pretty good. Right. And then I was like, Hey, I was right. It was really cool, but I don't know. I haven't seen it yet. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's a strange thing. Uh, it's God, it's such a mind fuck. It's hard being happy when everybody is sad mm. and it's equally as hard being <laughs> feeling happy when <sighs> you know that everyone probably shouldn't be <laughs> sure like you're it's it's like watching people on the titanic like just chilling yeah. Like, it's like you know this shit's going down right like why are you guys so happy to the point where it almost makes you feel like something's wrong with you because mm-hmm. you're like this uh Am I, am I the only one seeing this? Like, yeah, yeah. This shit's kind of exploding right now. Right. But but, but that's the thing. It's like, um, I can't remember where I heard it, but it was like, if if you have, like, problem dealing with stress, um, you can kind of go, all right, what's going on? What can I do? And then go should I be freaking out? Like, do I have, do I have reason to be freaking out right now? Well, I never really have a reason to be freaking exactly. out. Exactly. And so it's like, it's just the realization that sometimes there are things that you can do nothing about. Yeah. And so you got to chill and whistle a tune while you're right. like tied to the train tracks. Yeah. <laughs> and kind of what you were saying before, is just like, stop, smell the roses and just, uh, you know, enjoy what's going on. Um, and sometimes that means enjoying 
uh, I guess, okay music on Spotify? (laughs) (laughs) Or digging around and finding, like, maybe both. Maybe both can exist. Mm. I don't know. (laughs) It's possible. Last thing I wanted to ask you about. How do you feel about the music industry in Oklahoma specifically? Um, I don't know. It's kind of weird. There's some, there's some stuff going on. Oklahoma, the thing is here, the stakes aren't that high. Like if you were in a big, if you were in a big city, like let's say you're in LA or New York, there's a standard, there's a thing that's going on. There's a, uh, a scene, Mm -hmm. like a defined scene. And if you want to do well in it, maybe you'd have some incentive to, match it to be like that Mm. but here there's not really a scene that's exclusive or anything like that there's not any big the stakes aren't high to the where i mean to say like uh to fit into something to excel so like really you can do whatever you want here uh you can play shows Mm -hmm. you can be a part of the scene uh so it's very inclusive which is a good thing but uh, it's just inclusive because i don't think there's uh uh we're not really on that map yet uh, yeah, there's not a whole lot going on. We're getting there. And there is <laughs> well, stuff no, there, there's a lot going on, but there's, people don't think there's a lot going on. Yeah. I think that's the problem. I think music, musically, just for the sake of music, outside of the industry, outside of succeeding or whatever, if we're mm. just talking about music for the enjoyment of music, Oklahoma's doing pretty good. Yeah. There's lots of jam sessions. There's lots of shows to see. There's lots of things happening. There's lots of really uh, good artists here. Yeah, there are. So, I mean, just from the standpoint of just music for music, it's good. Things yeah. are good here. We have a good scene. Uh, and people doing good things. A lot of like, venues are getting more supportive. And I think, I mean, it's a, there's a chance this could be a bubble. And, like, we could get more. It'll explode in a bit. I uh, certainly hope so. It'd be cool. <laughs> uh, I'm definitely getting more worried every day that I won't be able to afford to live here. So, we'll see what happens. <laughs> right. <laughs> but if there's a bubble that explodes and I'm the benefactor, then cool. <laughs> right. But it's also kind of a weird thing that I feel like the mass audience that we could be reaching just doesn't know that there's music. Even in Oklahoma alone. Yeah. yeah, Like it's, I don't think it's that they don't know. I don't think they care. (laughs) (laughs) I really don't. Because it's not, if it were just that they don't know, then the guys that come up to the bar would be like, oh, there's a show tonight. Cool. And not be like, oh, it's $3. That's fine. And then leave. <laughs> like, it's three fucking dollars. Yeah. But yeah, that, that's still a thing. And it's a it's a climate that we're trying to change, but it's hard to do that. Um, <laughs> but yeah, literally, I played a show and people would be like, I'm only going to be here for a minute and they don't want to pay the cover. Like, yeah. Dude, just come on. <laughs> right. <laughs> and like, you guys are great. Like, thank, thank you. I would pay more than $3 cover and stay the entire time. What the hell? But like, <laughs> it's just, it's, uh, I, mean, I think it comes back again, maybe to an attention span thing. Yeah. Uh, maybe everyone's yeah all over the place. Like, I don't know. I'm going to just keep playing music. It's yeah. Fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, I do want to find a way to like make it to where the people that come to Oklahoma shows aren't just all Oklahoma musicians. Yeah. <laughs> and to where it's like, I've, I've kind of been using this example in this conversation. It's like if a guy that gets off work at like Chesapeake, you know, uh, goes, Hey, I'm going to go to a bar, see what's going on tonight. And goes, Hey, cool. There's music going on and accepts that. Rather than goes, I'm going to go to a bar tonight. Ugh, there's a band playing. I'm going to go somewhere else. Exactly. And there's, (laughs) we just need to, I think we'll reach a point where we will, the people that kind of lead some of these things like OK Sessions, people like Mm -hmm. Christian Pearson, those people Mm -hmm. who are getting around and, doing things on the behalf of our music scene. Like there will be sit downs with people like Mayor Holt and people in the government. Mm -hmm. And there will be almost a rebranding of what our city is. And when this city decides that it is a music city, 
yeah. they treat itself like it is, mm-hmm. then people will accept that. Yeah. But until then, it's just uh, a side show thing. Yeah. Like, uh, Turns out there's music here. Yeah. Like Austin <laughs> yeah. putting those digital tip things in. Mm. That's a city that supports music. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Like if you, you're not going to go out in Austin and be like, ugh, there's a band playing. Like, <laughs> like of, of course, course there's a fucking there's band, a band playing. playing. You're in Austin. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So that's what it has to right. be. And that's, that's what I want the culture to become. Yeah. Really in any sort of like bigger city in all of the flyover states. Like <laughs> that's going to be a minute. I, I don't right. know anything about Nebraska. Maybe they have a whole thing. Right. <laughs> Who fucking knows? They probably do. <laughs> I'm sure they have like a really cool punk scene. Maybe, yeah. Punk scenes are always the thing that pops up in exactly. those, those small places. Exactly. Because everyone's like, fuck this. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. There's too much corn. <laughs> and then they get mad and start bands. You could start a corn cover band oh, in Jesus Nebraska. Christ. Uh, <laughs> uh, um, but no, I, I want that to be the thing. It's like, hey, we're in Little Rock, Arkansas. What's here? Music. Yeah. Hey, we're in, I don't know, what's fucking uh, Wyoming? It could be, it could be something else too. Like a little, like maybe I'm in this city in Nebraska and it'd be like, we do fucking film here. Like we do short, like short yeah, film, all yeah. these people. Maybe this is art or there's, I, I don't, I don't give a fuck as long right. as more arts, just more yeah. arts. People appreciating that shit happens and it deserves to be paid for. Mm-hmm. It'd be cool. And I'll admit, sometimes I don't go to shows. Mm-hmm. It's never. I don't go to a lot of shows. I'm poor. See, that's one thing is, yeah, I'm pretty broke. <laughs> and sometimes, honestly, uh, I can't be around a lot of people sometimes. Mm-hmm. It's just a thing. Like, sometimes when I have shows, I'm in that mood. And I really got to, I got to work myself up to mm-hmm. do it. And sometimes I'm not, I don't have the energy to put myself in that mood to be, you know, to go to shows and stuff. Right. I always feel guilty. Uh, yeah. I didn't go to, I was going to go, uh, you know, uh, Dear People. And mm. Broncho, that big tower theater show, mm. I was going to go because like it's your people's last show. 50,000 fucking people outside the place. And I was just like, yeah, I can't do that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. too much. Yeah. But, and I mean, it's also, get, again, I, we're all musicians supporting musicians. Yeah. So it's like we're, we're poor and we're, we have enough mental problems to be wanting to write music in the first place. So it's like we're not exactly the audience for each other. <laughs> um, and there's a whole other wider audience. Uh, yeah. Yeah. But. And, and that's interesting too. Why <laughs> like they sold out tower theater for that show. Sure. I know it's an older audience. I know Broncho is more famous, mm-hmm. uh, but we're capable. Yeah. Of yeah. Bringing people out. Yeah. Like it just, the people are there. We just need it to be not just the musicians supporting the musicians because we're already yeah. having a hard time as it is. How many people, how many people, Tower Theater holds like eight to 900 people, something mm-hmm. like that. It's so, a lot of people. A lot of people. <laughs> That's enough to fill up almost every venue in the city. Like, honestly. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. Like, you could do it. Yeah. <laughs> every weekend. No problem. <laughs> so. Yeah. All right. Yeah. <laughs> mm, thank you for doing this with me. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm Santiago Ramones. I am Johnny Manchild. Plug your stuff. Okay, plug it again. Uh, Johnny Manchild and the Poor Bastards. Uh, yeah. On Spotify, we're on iTunes, <laughs> as long as it exists. We're on Apple Music, Amazon, Google Play, all that stuff. We've got a website, manchild.band. Got okay, a cool. Twitter, you know, at Johnny Manchild, Instagram, Poor Bastards. Follow us on the social stuff, you know, uh, all that. And our online merch store, Bastard Boutique. There's, there's literally nowhere you can go that we won't be. So just, yeah. Yeah. Um, and just to like, you know, give you a little bit. Uh, they make really cool and fun music and really good songwriting, really cool instrumentation. They're all great people. Listen to it. It's great. Sick. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, you can <laughs> you can find everything that I do on my website, SantiagoRamones.com. Um do the whole machinations experience because it's really important to me. I'm going to do it today. All right, cool. Well, thanks. Um, but yeah, it's probably only like, you know, the length of a movie. 
So like you could either watch a movie or you can go to SantiagoRamones.com slash podcast slash machinations. Oh, dude. No, like for real, I'm going to sit in the pool like when it gets dark tonight and just put that on the speaker and just just chill. That's going to be good. Yeah. All right. Um, Yeah, you can follow along with lyrics. There's a lot of lyrics, so it's like, oh, there's a lot going on here. So, yeah, it's like uh, Black Mirror, but with music. Uh, Sick. Yeah. (laughs) My cat's just like owning your bag. Oh, yeah, yeah. The cat is trying to get in the bag, but it is out of the bag. Cat's out of the bag. Yes, thank you. I was on my podcast with my three things. They shape my life philosophy. Those three things are love never fails. It's going to be okay. I might be wrong. 